0: Welcome to the Waukesha Bible Church Podcast. We believe the Bible tells a single story, and at the center of that story
1: is Jesus. If you like what you hear today, additional sermons, teaching sessions, and written material can be found on our website at waukeshawebible.org. We hope you enjoy today's episode.
0: Good morning. do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. And he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, Go to Galilee, and there they will see me.
1: Please be seated. We are a confessing church. We believe the New Testament and what it says concerning Jesus Christ. Thus, this morning, we can say, He is risen. That is the confession of our hearts. We believe in Jesus. We believe that Jesus Christ is is indeed enough in this life and the life which is to come. We believe that every day that Jesus Christ is alive. He has been resurrected. Today, what we do is declare openly and publicly as a gathered church that Jesus Christ is alive. It was a historical fact. He rose literally from the grave. And right now, he sits at the Father's right hand. And he's simply waiting, even as he works, for the Father to say, it is time. And he's coming again to take us from this world and thoroughly straighten all that is crooked. Amen. Amen. Thus, we are a confessing people. We have gathered today to celebrate this historical event. He is not here for he is risen. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is not only a theological truth that we hold fast to, but it is profoundly pragmatic. It actually works. Knowing that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead assures us that one day we will be raised from the dead and we will be with him. Despite all that is happening in our world today, Jesus Christ instills and offers to us hope. He has prepared a place for us. He will gather us unto himself, and we will be with him forever. That is the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. We live in a world that is broken, a world filled with sorrow, loss, and absence. But Jesus Christ and his resurrection assures us of a better hope. There is nothing trivial in the truth that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. Paul will tell us in 1 Corinthians 15, the passage we had read earlier, that if Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then our faith is vain and we are still in our sin. If Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead, we are of all people most miserable. Life would indeed be unbearable. But a God of theory is of no earthly value. Either he is alive and active or he is dead and impotent and passive a dead impotent and passive God is how Isaiah the prophet would describe the idols of the people and today as we have gathered as the people of God confessing and believing in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ my prayer is that we would be awakened to the full power of he is not here for he is risen as he said let us pray Our Father in history, you raised your son from the grave and you declared him to be your son, the Son of God. Father, it is not possible to make too much of this moment. And our fear is that we will make too little of this moment and not know and choose and feel the impact of his resurrection and ascension in our lives. Father, may we openly show we are disciples of the risen Christ. We offer to you ourselves in this moment, use it to change the way we think, forever. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, by way of background, if you've been tracking with us, we have been experiencing Passion Week. And on Friday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. I always thought how odd that she's referred to as the other Mary. That's like someone saying to me, well, you're Mike's little brother. So we have the Marys. The mother of James have seen Jesus' body laid in the tomb, the stone door sealed and the guard mounted. Now, soon after dawn on Sunday morning, the first day of the week, they returned to see and to probably mourn the passing of Jesus. The ceiling of that tomb had marked death's victory, but now God's agent rolls back the stone and sits on it, symbolizing our Lord's triumph over death. I want us to consider for just a moment the import of the following words, He is not here, for He is risen, as He said. Think with me of the contrasting pictures and emotions. Many thought he was the hope to come, the one who would overthrow the suppressing government, the one who would restore the nation of Israel to their place of prominence among the nations. Other thought he was a rebel and a rouser of sedition. He was a threat to their positions of importance among the people. You have these two contrasting emotions battling each other in this moment. He was a threat. He exposed them for what they were, hypocrites. To the one group, his death brought a deep sadness and confusion. And to other, his death brought relief and gladness. And then he arose. His resurrection brought hope to the one and horror to the other. All of Jerusalem was stirred by the announcement, he is not here for he is risen, as he said. His resurrection confirmed the historicity of his crucifixion. And all of history pivots on this one powerful punctuation mark. He was crucified and buried. And on the third day, he rose again, according to the scripture. The thought that he arose filled them with anxious energy. They ran with unbridled joy. The ecstasy of the one is contrasted with the misery of the other. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. For the one, their hope is now secured. And for the other, their doom is Is pronounced. Think about those around him and how they reacted to him. The religious establishment hated him and wanted him dead. If you've watched any of the series that have been on TV of late, you've seen the animosity that the religious establishment had toward Jesus. Think about the emotional strain this must have had on Jesus and his disciples, knowing that everyone wanted you dead. His own disciples would betray him, they would deny him, and they would flee from him. He was brutalized by an imbalanced judicial system. His suffering was misunderstood by those who saw it. When he bore the sins of the world, he was separated from his father. And yet it pleased God, the father, to crush him in order to save humanity. I cannot even fake understanding as to what it meant when he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But this is the backdrop To our resurrection passage as it is found in Matthew 28. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the finishing element to the greatest story ever told. Everything we have read from Genesis through Malachi and the introduction of his life in Matthew's gospel takes us to this moment, this climactic moment within the story of God. His incarnation, crucifixion and ascension are the other three elements. Today, we are here to celebrate this pivotal moment in the provision of God for the redemption of man by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. As noted in Matthew 28, the story is witnessed by three groups of people. Each group represents what they saw and heard. All three groups speak of our Lord's absence through resurrection. Now, we believe what the New Testament says concerning this event. We see it as a historical, valid document. And I wish to quickly note the three witnesses to his resurrection that confirmed this truth. The first we see in the first five verses. It reads, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake the second time the earth shook in these three days. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. The first report we have is that of the angels. Luke's gospel tells us that there were two. This is the heart of the testimony of the angel to the women. It is what Paul wishes Timothy never to forget. Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Every single one of your loved ones who have passed before you, who know Jesus, will one day arise from the grave and they will be with Jesus. Currently they are, but one day the resurrection will take place and they will be gathered unto him and we will join them. This is the heart of the testimony. The power of this verse is staggering. Everything he said would happen has happened. He is not here. He is risen as he said. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus often spoke of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He is not here. He is risen as he said. We often remember he is not here, for he is risen, but we fail to remember and note as he said. Jesus said he would do what he did, and he did it. The supernatural and unseen testified to his absence and resurrection. The angels report that he is not here, he is risen, as he said. The second report is that of the women. And they, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, ran to tell his disciples It says in verse 8, So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said greetings. Oh, how incredible that will be in the resurrection. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. The death and dying of the previous day are beaten back and swallowed up by the majesty and mystery of this moment. It sounds too good to be true. Is this true? There is an anxiousness felt in the approach of the women named Mary. She trembles at the magnitude of this moment where heaven and earth meet and in wrath, mercy is remembered, the justice of God and the peace of God embrace and the exchange what Psalm 85 verse 10 says, the kiss of reconciliation. It is impossible for the fear and joy to be contained. Fear for it is too amazing to be true, but it is. And joy, he is not here for he is risen, as he said. And like the earth, we tremble at the magnitude and mystery of the story's climax. What would it have been like to be there? It is considered common knowledge in the historical context that women have little to no credibility as witnesses in the legal setting. Luke represents that bias in noting that the disciples did not believe the women's report though a check of the tomb proved the absence of Jesus' body. The fact that the Gospels describe women as discovering the empty tomb is a pointer to their historicity. If this was a made-up legend, they would not have had invented women as the first witnesses and responsible for telling the men. Jesus took those whose word society said wasn't trustworthy in court and made them the most reliable witnesses to the greatest event in history. He is not here, for he has risen, as he has said. The underrated and unappreciated testify to his absence and resurrection. And the third group are the soldiers. It is interesting what this text tells us. It says in verse 3, The appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. They were present when the angel acted and spoke. They saw and heard the same thing as the women present. The intentional deception of the soldiers and the calculated untruth of leadership no longer surprises us. The soldiers certainly realized something extraordinary had occurred, enough to warrant a report to the Jewish authorities. No sooner had the good news been revealed than they had sought to deny it. Matthew notes that the falsehood of the guards was still widely believed at the time of the writing, and indeed identical or similar stories are still used today to deny the resurrection. But we are gathered today celebrating the historicity of that event. Jesus Christ is alive today, and that stands against everyone else out there who would say otherwise. We believe what the Bible says concerning this fact. But the fact that neither the Jews nor anyone could ever produce the body of Jesus is hugely important. The empty tomb is a historical fact which points to the truth of the resurrection. Matthew's intent is to show Jesus as the resurrected Christ to tell us that Jesus Christ is alive. And that resurrection matters today. In his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus begins to merge two realms, heaven and earth. He is right now setting up heaven on earth and one day the earth will be covered with the knowledge of his glory as the waters cover the sea and as God's promised seed Jesus brings about all that God intends for his people in Jesus all of God's promised blessings shall go to the nations you and I are living proof of that truth what he has started in merging heaven on earth he will finish at his second coming. And because Jesus rose from the dead and lives, he will keep all of his present and future promises. Be encouraged. Right now, Jesus is preparing a place for you to be with him for your joy. Just as he said. I'm wanting us to consider John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, we have recorded the closing words of Jesus to his disciples in the upper room as they celebrate the Passover just prior to his death. They were anxious of the unknown, and Jesus speaks to them peace. And in John chapter 14, it's a familiar passage, verses 1 through 7, but listen to what he said. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And that I go to prepare a place for you. So while he has been crucified, buried, and now that he has risen and is ascended and sits at the Father's right hand, he has been preparing for us this place, this new garden. And he says, if I were not so, I would have told you, as I said. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, and he's speaking all of this prior to what's about to happen. I will come again and will take you to myself. Amen. That where I am, you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. So Jesus says to his troubled disciples, prior to all of this, I'm going to leave you, but in my absence, I will be preparing a place for you. So when I come again and receive you unto myself, you will be with me in that place. As he said, that's the promise of God. Thomas then says to him, I I love the disciples. Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. In Christ, we are accepted by the Father and we have access to the Father. As he said, If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Just as Jesus spoke of his resurrection, he is not here for he is risen, as he said. So also he speaks of a future home for those who believe in him. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said this and Jesus did this. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. I openly confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, and based on the testimony and integrity of Christ, I am saved. The question is, do you know this Jesus? Every necessary provision has been made by God. His resurrection is confirmation that the father has fully accepted his son's work in our behalf. Nothing has been left undone. It is finished. Are you willing right now to let your own work go and receive his work in your behalf? You cannot cling to who you are and what you've done and be saved. You must let it all go and believe in Jesus only do you know Jesus Christ? This morning as the people of God, we come together to celebrate the historicity of that event. We openly and publicly declare that Jesus Christ is alive, that he has been raised from the dead. He ascended to the Father's right hand and he now only awaits to come again and receive us unto himself. And while he's been gone, he's preparing for us a place so that we will be with him forever. Amen. If you don't know this Jesus, we invite you to come and believe. Talk to us afterward, and we'd love to tell you about this resurrected Christ. Please stand with me as we close in prayer. Father, as your people, when we strip it all away, our greatest joy is knowing you. Knowing you. Holy Spirit, change us so that we will believe all you have said concerning ourselves and Jesus. Father, may this day be a day of remembrance, of celebration, and of life. As we go from this place, may we take this with us. And we, may we openly and publicly declare to people, He is risen. He is risen indeed. I pray for those who might not know you at this time. Father, I ask that the Spirit of God would cause them to believe that, they, that He would turn their hearts toward you and that they would confess with their lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in their hearts that God has raised Him from the dead so that they too might be saved. We thank you for this day of remembrance. In Jesus' name, amen.